The first time is Chirp Radio's Live Lit End music series, recorded at Martyrs in North Center. The theme this round was First Burn. By the way, I host a mental illness-themed variety show called Psychotic Break, and I met um, our first reader, Studi Sharma, through, uh, she was a performer at Psychotic Break, she is a composer, a poet, and an educator. She's the poet in residence at the Chicago Poetry Center. You can follow her on Cyborg Studi. I love that name. Guys, big round of applause for Studi Sharma. Thank you so much. Make some noise for yourselves for being here. So, uh, do you remember your first crush? Like, not the one that puberty decided was worthy of your affection, and not, for me, the usernames I made friends with and developed crushes on when I spent my kind of lonely adolescence on a discussion forum for the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> I'm talking about the first in-person kind of grown-up crush where I was fixated on how he looked and who he was and how every time he walked into the room my face grew red and my hands started shaking and my knees got weak. In the fall semester of 2014, I was 18 years old and a sophomore at community college. I burned in a different kind of way then, with anger. I had depression since I was 14 and for lots of reasons that had to do with loss of control of my world, my second wave of depression manifested as anger. I felt dead inside and detached from everything around me. I, it helped going to school and being open to different people and communities after being isolated for so long, um, but I struggled to have conversations with people and was very shy and afraid. Uh, everything that I talked about was like an Indian auntie. I was like, how was school? How are your grades? What are you studying? <laughs> Grad school? Um, I was homeschooled from first to twelfth grade, so think of my problems very much like Amelie and a very like non-problematic Oscar Wow, you know? It wasn't homeschooling so much uh, more than years of shit that my family hadn't worked through that made me feel detached. Um, it loomed to a very tangible darkness, one that I would take out on myself, making a fist to hit above my heart or going outside and punching our backyard fence and screaming and crying until my knuckles bled. My online friends were a relief in feeling that I wasn't completely alone, but once I logged off, I felt the loneliness and darkness back again. Everything felt like the end of the world. One of the things that helped me change was when I met this boy. He wore a Jimi Hendrix shirt, so we're going to call him Hendrix. We worked together at the tutoring center at our school, and the first day we met was a long shift with virtually no one to tutor. What made me like him was this. He listened to me. He, a boy from the south suburbs who loved jazz guitar and liked Bob Marley but also Bach and probably couldn't understand my life as an immigrant and someone wrestling with depression, but he was kind. And as I walked away the first time I met him, I was interrogating my head and my heart and what all these new thoughts were and they were like, you got feelings, bitch. I was smitten with him. I was so obsessed with him when I wrote the first draft of this based on my journal. I had 17 minutes describing him, <laughs> talking about how his eyes almost closed completely when he smiled and how when he played guitar, he breathed on the downbeat. Um, if I saw him on the second floor on Tuesdays, I would work out a way to let my schedule let me pass by him on the second floor on Tuesdays. I wrote so many letters, most of them ending with, um, you're so kind and inspiring. 
the reason I'm so awkward around you is because I like you. Uh, I've never felt this way before. Things were changing very fast for me this time uh, of year, in my second year of school. Um, and it was, I, you know, I was making friends, I had this crush that I was trying not to daydream about, and this change manifested physically. I cut my hair into a pixie cut. After it being all the way down to my knees for not cutting it for 12 years, um, I thought it looked like Winona Ryder, but all like first pixie cuts look like you're cosplaying the Beatles. <laughs> I was getting so many, what did you do to your hair? From aunties and classmates and people at church. So I came to school with a hat on that first Monday. I saw Hendrix uh, and his brother in the tutoring center and they coaxed me to take off the hat. When I did, <laughs> Hendrix smiled and said, Studi, it looks really nice. I didn't know if he liked me back, but I did notice something changing in me. While I had started out the semester with anger burning, I was suddenly turning outside and burning with something else. Desire, change, inspiration. He was a music student and wanted to be a teacher. I was a chemistry and English major, so tell me why I late registered for a music class the day after I met him. <laughs> and subsequently signed up for two classes in the spring semester. The music department had given me a scholarship. I wonder what my motivation was. I remember sitting in a class that uh, Hendrix TA'd, and he said something that has stuck with me. He said, when you make a mistake, make it loud and proud. When you hear it, you can fix it. I was at this point terrified of failure in any way. At 18, I wanted to have life figured out. School, life, and even having a crush the right way. Was I supposed to let it go? Was I supposed to tell him? So right before winter break, I told Hendrix that I'd signed up for cello classes. And he told me he would find a cello for me if I couldn't rent one. And he ended up giving me my first cello, a $200 student cello that his brother kept away in the garage. I couldn't afford the $35 a month uh, that most music shops cost, so this meant the world to me. It made me feel like a life where I didn't always feel empty was within my reach. I had hoped that during winter break, in a month of not seeing him, that my feelings would shrink. I had tried to talk myself out of it because I didn't know if he was generally kind or if he had feelings or he had a girlfriend. He was a perfect human with self-control and no social media, so that didn't help anything. Um, Trying in person was useless, because remember, I used to rehearse jokes to come off as a good conversationalist, and I had a hard time figuring out what people's hobbies were, let alone who, like trying to find out who they were fucking. <laughs> I made him a needle-felted guitar to say thank you for the cello, and I gave him to him the first day of the spring semester. He gave me a hug, uh, which I ruined by letting my glasses hit his chest, and a few months passed, and I realized that I'd been thinking about him every day since the previous August. So on May 30th, uh, the day before April Fool's, after almost nine months of Googling how to know if a guy likes you and wiki-howing how to get over a crush and how to tell a crush you like him and how to know, is this love? <laughs> I pulled him aside after music class and I told him how much I learned from him, how much I appreciated his kindness and that I really, really liked him and I needed to get it off my chest. In my daydreams, he smiled he said, oh my gosh, I feel the same way, and I got my first kiss or some shit. <laughs> In real life, he smiled and said he had a girlfriend uh, for three years now. <laughs> to my surprise, I wasn't devastated. Um, I had taken, it had taken so much strength to uh, express these feelings, and I was able to release them. 
expressing them, not necessarily having them reciprocated, turned out to be what I needed. I had listened to like Adele and Turmoil during the course of this crush, but now I felt so light. I smiled, I said, well, she's very lucky, and I escaped the room. <laughs> uh, things were still cool between us. I had by now a growing community of friendships I was building. I still liked him as a person, but my crush evaporated. I felt free. Um, when I met him for the first time, I knew that I really wasn't in a good place. I didn't think that I deserved to be in a relationship with someone whose soul seemed like light. But I realized that I had to make better choices. And since the day I met him, I stopped hitting and cutting myself and hurting myself. And I haven't hurt myself since then. Octavia Butler once said, kindness eases change. I radically changed during this time to going from being so like depressed and isolated and shy that I couldn't even text a friend, like, do you want to hang out? To like telling someone that I had a crush on them and walking away in power, that was definitely to my path of being a comedian now. I realized that the things that I liked about him were actually things that I grew into, things that people like about me. His light burned like a candle, kind of like a patron saint or a guide along the way letting me know that better things were coming and showing me the strength of who I was. Thank you so much for sharing the space with me.
You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.